why we're writing this. In the new bottoming book, we did our best to explain what makes people decide to try bottoming in a BDSM interaction and the attitudes and techniques that make up a brilliant bottom. We looked at matters of the body, the emotions, the intuition, and the spirit. In this book, we will do the same for tops. In some ways, we expect this to be a trickier task. While outsiders often assume that any player in his right mind would be a top, wow, you mean people will do anything you want them to? Cool! The reality is that the joys of topping are often more abstract than those of bottoming, and that its responsibilities and burdens are great. The new bottoming book was, as we wrote in the introduction, an unabashedly bottom-centrist book. We expected howls of protest from tops over our insistence that bottoms are powerful, beautiful, and irreplaceable, and we heard back from a whole bunch of tops saying, well, it's about time. So, the new topping book will be a top-centrist book. While we will, of course, expect responsible behavior from all you tops and wannabe tops who are reading this, we honor and applaud your willingness to venture out on the thin, scary ice of taking control of another's sensations, emotions, and spirit. In this book, we'll encourage you to insist on being recognized for your humanness as well as for your toppiness, to demand the nurturance and support you deserve, and to find ways to get your sexual needs met. We'll do our best to hold your hand during the scary parts of your top journey and to wave an encouraging bye-bye as you venture out into the wide, welcoming world of eager bottoms. This is not a technical manual. We're not going to spend a lot of time in this book teaching you bondage knots or clamp placement or the technical nuts and bolts of topping. We think that there are several other good books out there that teach such things. Please read at least one of them before you play. How We View BDSM If you turn to this section, hoping to find the ultimate incontestable answer to the question, what is BDSM, we're afraid we're going to disappoint you. We don't know either. We do believe that consensual, ethical kink has a valid place on the continuum of human sexual behavior, that it's not an expression of pathology. We also do not see SM players as a distinct sexual minority, somehow different from other folk. We think SM may be further along one road of sexual exploration, but that many, if not most, people play with some forms of SM energy. SM is sex that involves all of our faculties, minds and bodies, imagination and intellect, hearts and souls. To those who call what we do unnatural, we like to point out that we do what comes naturally. Nature gave us opposable thumbs, so we use tools. As we said in the new bottoming book, SM is play, theater, communication, intimacy, sexuality. It combines the child's urge for make-believe with the adult's ability to take responsibility and the adult's privilege of sexual reward. SM at its best represents a remarkable convergence of civilized agreements and primitive urges. We believe it to be a very high achievement of the human body, mind, and spirit. Yes, but what is it? We argued for hours as we worked on this book, and we weren't able to come up with a definition that we thought accurately encompassed all of what we know as BDSM. Here, though, are some of the definitions we and our friends use and like. A lot of folks use the phrase consensual power exchange to define SM. We're not entirely happy with this phrase. We think using the word power, that so often means non-consensual force and coercion, can be misleading. In fact, what we do in SM is that we act as though we were giving up or taking real-world power while retaining the ability to keep as much power as we need to feel safe or to take no more than we feel okay about having. 